Hello, my name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Stetzel. And welcome, uh, everyone, to another edition of uh, Peers Over Beers. And uh, we were discussing a little bit about what what today's cop topic of discussion was going to be. And we kind of went all over the map. We were talking about sales and internal and uh, like enterprise. Then we went into content. That was another mm-hmm. kind of brainstorm idea. And then we said, oh, you know what would be a really good story to talk about? How we drove content at our community, right? Uh, the grade.rexl.com. And I think we'll split this into two parts because there's a an element where well, we did it for Germany, you know, extra yep. to our globalization piece. And then um, we'll leave that a second because I think that's another fascinating story how we got there. And um, But we were talking a lot about how we drove the initial content on the grid. Right? Yeah, you know, I was curious around how when you first started the grid, I wasn't there the first year, um, just on the North America side. And I was very curious on how you thought about content and what, what was your strategy around that in the very beginning because I think over time it changed a little bit, but and I think that's normal. But can you talk a little bit about that? Just yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. So... Um, I think um, when when you were when you were coming in, I think it was our kind of second entry into the United States, mm-hmm. because when we first started, uh, we looked at data, and again from my previous experience, uh, going in when you wanted to create community, you want to have the biggest bang for your buck. English is the most well spoken language it's in the globe. Go first. Yep, exactly correct. The, the ones who are probably the most advanced were using this type of software or just more social, if you will, or Americans. Yeah. And to give some context, uh, the grid.rexel.com um, is, a, is a community that's devoted to electricians. So when we talk about the electrician community, just think about the guy or gal, and I'm going to say guy because it's mostly guys, right? who come and fix your wall socket or outlet, if you will, right? Yeah. And, and so that is our audience. Those are our audience, or that I'm sorry, they are our audience. And when we first went in there, you know, we, it would just seem a natural four-way. There was already existing communities out there. They were quite yeah. vibrant on, on you just right. your favorite. That's right. And um, <clears throat> it was a natural thing. So when we when we started going in there, we had branded it as a branded community with mm-hmm. Rexel, and we weren't just getting we weren't getting a lot of traction. And part of that was, even though we we had the right um, understanding of the customer and what they needed. I think one of the challenges, or at least one of my aha moments, was that our brand wasn't that strong in the United States. Rexel is a brand, right? And in fact, it had, that, yeah. it had a. It, in fact, there was a little bit of a downward pressure on on the community. So there was some resistance from folks signing up, and of course, this led us to going to when we when this became something we knew, we decided to go to a country in which the brand value was higher, which is the Germany discussion. Well, uh, it, 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 we did go into Germany, but if you remember when I first got there, uh, you mentioned that I really should start in France. So I don't know if you remember that. And so yep. I spent a ton of effort, actually in the United States, which you already knew, um, you were like, yeah, you can spend time here, but uh, just so you know, Chris, <laughs> this is not going to be well, I mean, do what you want, and I think you were kind of yep. letting me just learn. And and so with that, I also uh, went to France and started talking to them. And uh, although they were highly interested in, 
in a community for a lot of different reasons. They, the French don't make decisions quickly. They don't, they don't, I mean, it's a cultural thing. And, and so I didn't really know that. I didn't, I've worked with the French, but not really one-on-one, day-to-day uh, and, until then. And so um, in addition to France, which I stayed in contact with um, this lovely person, Ash, uh, to kind of guide her through some of that stuff over time. But uh, we, we figured, hey, why not also try Germany probably six months into to my, uh, to me being at Rexel. Yeah, tenure, yep. Yeah, so I think that then we went into Germany and then quickly because they really wanted to get stuff done quickly. And so yep. they were very open to a, a German uh, community. Yep. And, and we'll talk about Germany as a side. We'll kind yeah, of bring yeah. it back up. Um, but it's interesting from the beginning of our discussion we were talking about that. So that kind of gives you a little bit of backstory of how we got mm-hmm. there. But it, regardless, when we came back into the United States, mm. we yep. did come back in um, with a lot more understanding and data and we had a different approach going in our initial thought was to help the customer through answering questions about what is the right product for me and i Mm. think we started to come around is in two areas one was about thought leadership um so this is where the knx stuff and for those who don't know knx will describe later and a little bit about support questions right things that were as customers were going through their sales cycle, what are the things that were commonly being asked? So we worked very closely with the the the, the support team, the uh, online chat support team, and yeah, popping live in chat, those, et yeah, live chat, et cetera, exactly. Um, so it, what I've done in my past with regards to content is very, and I think even you probably have done the same thing too. And every community manager who kickstarts their community is that they have to, you know, my old adage, right? Never go to a party or yeah. you know, don't go to a party that. Nobody's, nobody's at nobody's at yeah exactly correct um the way i tell that michael is nobody wants to go to a party that no one's at <laughs> right so you know you really have to um get people there and make it sound fun and cool and all these yep. things uh so when you when you start we had to get content from someplace right so i mm. I, I remember so part of so so part of our strategy was around where does content exist today right so there were two main sources of content that I know existed. Actually, three. But the first two, one is around the sales team. So the sales team mm-hmm. has, and this is what I call, I, you know, I used to, I used to do a, a blog called Tribal Knowledge. And this is where I believe, and you probably heard me call this content, where, you know, we store a lot of information in our heads independently. That's right. And it's not until you're a part of that tribe does that knowledge come out. But tribes mm-hmm. can be in different parts of the company. Uh, so I... I call it about unleashing tribal knowledge. So they have an enormous amount of customer insights, customer data, support. And so there was one was around how do I culturally shift that and allow them to use the grid or the community to kind of push that out. That's one area. The second was around support content, right? Yeah. So, and this may be true on some people's enterprises where it's a really good idea to kind of move a full circle. So customers come and ask questions one-on-one are there some insights that are from those questions that you can now push as knowledge articles to the community, right? And then the third piece was around this question on uh, knowledge, right? So this was the whole, we, we uh, I remember you were spearheading this whole thing around wiki articles. Yep. And that drove a lot of traffic. Well, tons of SEO. Tons of SEO, It right? took time, but it really did. 
Yeah, so, and, and this is not just SEO for the sake of SEO. We were actually interviewing some of our sales staff about what are the current problems that our customers yeah. are having today. We would pull out some That's the, We put a strategy in place to say, how do we go get um, some of these, this really good content? And part of that strategy was to take some of those experts within uh, some of the experts that knew what they were talking about in a certain area like automation or whatever it was, and we'd interview them. We'd hire somebody to interview them and write blogs and content, um, you know, and, and so that really drove good stuff. And then really, at the end of the day, what were we, what were we trying to do? The strategy was to get people to go to our e-commerce sites from our community and then create a login through the e-commerce site and go buy. At the end of the day, that's what we were trying to do. Yep, exactly. And there, was, there are great stories that we've had about... Oh. Customers looking up for something very specific on Google, they come in, they read an article, we can see them reading, they click on a product recommendation, it goes to that product, they put it in the shopping cart, and then they're out in the marina. Something that Michael is always good at is finding the, the story of what, what the value of community was, especially to our e-commerce sites. So I remember one example was a customer typed something in Google, so he... Michael would find all this data just from Google Analytics and really taught me a ton about uh, the analytics piece. But uh, customer would come to, they'd go to Google, they would search, and then they would go to the, uh, to the grid, and then uh, they would read some stuff around the grid. They would then click on the link that we sent them to uh, buy product. So we were talking about specific products. They'd click on that link. They'd go to the the e-commerce site, create a login, and then buy. Like, we could follow that whole entire cycle, you know, the buying cycle. And, and that was, you know, it was awesome to watch. It took us some time to find the stories, you know, but if you know the right analytical people, they can help. And, you know, of course, you were very good at uh, Google <laughs> Analytics, too. <laughs> Definitely had my hand in that, that, that Those things are a lot of fun to me is, uh, and, and we heard this today uh, talking to some other community managers is you have to tell the story is why are, are customers coming to your site? Whether it's customers saying that your community is super cool because of these things or you go find the, the, the story within the community itself like, like you did. Yep. Um, and that's what good content brings. Yeah, exactly. It's the content it, it brings strategy. us right back to you know how we did our, our, our content strategy. So... Very clear it was three main pieces. One, go get content for where it existed. Where's the tribe holding their content? Yeah. Convince them that this is the right place to go put it and then drive that part of the strategy. That's a longer tentpole problem because it's about convincing people and then showing how this is valuable. Two was centered around this idea of knowledge content, right? Mm -hmm. So this is about original article content. And, and that we used some of the insights that come from Google what we knew about our site overall, a lot of interviews with salespeople, and then we would find the right um, subject matter experts, and then we just interview them, right? Yeah. And that we did get some help to do some copywriting, so it wasn't all of us. You know, we I wasn't the one writing. You weren't the one writing. We actually had a writer yeah. do it. Somebody's like, are you going to produce the content? Sure. When, <laughs> when I find somebody to write the blog, <laughs> and, I'm, uh, I'm good at all that. Yeah. <laughs> And then the third piece was around uh, support articles, right? So mm -hmm. if, if there was not a, 
especially in a, in a company that doesn't have that full circle mm -hmm. uh, approach of taking insights from customers through the support cycle, how do we take those articles and throw them online, right? And over time, you know, one is easier than the other. And part of the knowledge articles and support pieces were very easy to go off and put on the website. That started driving SEO. It's what started to drive traffic, and that's what slowly got people into the case use case study that you just talked about earlier. Yeah. So, quick question for you. No. It's not completely off the topic uh, because I heard this one day. It's, when you look at like a website, let's say Rexel.com or RexelUSA.com or whatever that is, is there uh, one is is there a difference between let's say or I don't know the exact question, but let me let me try here. So, is there equity when you look at RexelUSA.com and then you create a community, uh, the grid.rexel.com? Is there equity that kind of goes into that that helps the grid.rexel.com because of the equity that Rexel USA has. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was that's part of acquisition, right? So we were talking about, you know, okay, great. In the next phase, how do, now that we have content on the website, how do you start driving eyeballs, hmm. right? I remember we had this conversation too. Well, the eyeballs come from a few sources, right? They're going to come from Google. They're going to come directly or they're gonna come from referrers, one of the biggest referrers of the actual e-commerce site, right? Yeah. And of course, on the SEO side, since we didn't have a lot of equity to begin with, to start off, it just needed, people needed to be pointing to us. Uh, so you're saying that referrals is, is the equity piece. So if they're yeah. on rexlusa.com and we're showing our content specifically from the community, then obviously they're gonna pick yeah. that, okay. A rising, was it a rising, was it called rising uh, water lifts all ships or something like that? So it, it, it starts to they, they start to uh, help each other, and it also works in the other way too, right? So part of mm -hmm. and, oh, this is another really good one to talk about. Like, where does community fit in the overall content strategy for the big company, right? Yep. So on the, Ooh, I'm very interested in that. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll have to talk about most of that. Yeah. No, no, because <laughs> you know, especially for product e-commerce sites where they're just maniacally focused on getting you to the product. How do you go through the process of knowing which is the right product, right? It's the what versus which versus what, mm. you know, that, that kind of interesting yeah. question. Um, and so there was a big gap in content uh, in the decision process. So you have a customer who type in a product number and by golly, you know, the e-commerce site pops up with a product. Okay, great. Perfect. But if you ask what is the right LED or the right IoT switch for enter some concept, it, you would go to probably some other website and maybe get lost and never return yeah, as a result, that's right? right? Yeah. So th this filled, you know, all these things we're putting in place from the three different sources we talked about was starting to fill that SEO gap. And we started to see it. We started to see people coming in and asking questions like, what is the right KNX type of products? What are the, and these are not, I put in a very specific product number and I'm getting to a product. They were asking the what if, what if questions, how? How tos? Remember, KNX is a European thing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. KNX yeah. is yeah, exactly. But that was one big topic in Germany and yep. even in uh, France that were was very popular. Yep, uh, and 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 that's what started the the role, right? That's what started the you know the community to start getting some of that uh, content. And then you started, and then as a result, I think we were looking at okay, great. If we are starting to see this traffic, we should put in a number about what the percentage of. Hmm. 
what is the right percentage of new user acquisition we should be seeing as a result of this traffic, right? Yeah. And I think we were shooting for 10%. We I were. think it was. Um, and it's not that that was a magic number or anything. I'm sure for other community managers, they've seen higher, yeah. uh, maybe even lower. But that, for us, start, seemed right? start, right? Exactly yeah. correct. Uh, just at the beginning. And I think it started from five, started moving to seven. I think we started to see it, especially when the content started to improve. Yeah. Uh, we started to see that number uh, move up, mm. which was very nice. Which led into the other problem we were talking about earlier, right? Mm. We, you were talking about Canada and getting them all up and going. Yeah. And their first, uh, what was that, maybe second, maybe four, a uh, podcast. Uh, you know, oh, great, we have all these people now. What do we, you know, yeah, what do we go yeah. do with? <laughs> I think I, I mentioned I, we had 2,000 in the first few months, and then eventually we got up to 4,000. And, <laughs> you know, that, that, that was a problem. It's like, well, what do we do with these people now? And so, you know, we had to develop this whole process of how to reach out to them and things like that. Yep. Um, and so that's just a very simple you know, for us, that for us was a very simple case study about how we got content. Right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure from others, there are other ways to do it. Um, and, and to give you some more context about the company, right? This is a company that never understood social, didn't understand how it applied to B2B. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are in companies in which information is very inwardly thinking, secure. They, don't, they only want to release information to certain customers at a certain yeah. time. And by golly, we had that as, as, a, as well. People were protecting their own customers because they didn't want other sales teams to get into their business and all this other stuff. So they thought that by opening this information up, what it would create, you know, an avenue for... I think that's true, but the people I talked to were, were like that. And so what I did was when I get on the phone with them, I would talk to them and I would get them excited about what digital... Because no one really knew what digital was at Rixell. I mean, there's some people obviously that do that were hired to do digital, but when you think of the people that have been there for 30 years, 40 years, they've heard of things coming and going. And, and so this new digital thing that you're talking about, the community and e-commerce and things like that was just something that's probably not going to be around for long. It's just another one thing. They, I mean, literally... When you think of Rick, they've been around for what, 60 plus years, 70, yeah. I don't even know the exact. And so some of the people were very closed off. But when you start talking about what digital can do, when you think about how many people, when I would tell them this little story, they, they started thinking about that. I was like, one, when you go search something, you need an answer to something online, where do you go? Google, right? And, and so every answer was Google. I go, exactly. I said, just think about this. When, when a customer has a question about something around automation or a plug of some sort or something, you know, wires, uh, and they type in Google, right now, Rexel is not coming up. I go, you could type in, maybe you type in a part number or something like that, maybe it comes up. But other than that, nothing about, you know, how, how do you do this? How do you do that with certain things? And so when you start explaining that, like, there could be 500 people in a day or thousands of people in a day looking for something similar to that qu that question and typing it in Google. And if I could be the first one to pop up on Google, then I win. Yep. Right? Uh, and so yep, I, agree. I go, you have 20 customers. You have 100 customers. You know how many customers I have? I have thousands upon thousands of customers that I have to get this right. And they're like, oh, 
and, and they got excited, man. It was like this, oh, okay, well, cool, how can I help? Yeah. You know, and so they were closed off, but if you show a bit of excitement and, and belief, because we know that, that Google is the key, SEO is the key, right, to, to, to being on, you've got to create good content, and then if you do that, then you'll be close to the first page. Hopefully the first page is the goal. Yep. I, and, and one of the things you did very well, which is you would you would go into those sales guys and go one by one. Yeah. But it was it was a it was hand to hand combat. Yeah, it was. It, it was hand to hand yeah. combat, and you had definitely some converters, right? And you even had some uh, good stories around how naysayers became positive advocates, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys that I remember were older in the automation team. They're here in Dallas, and I'd go out there and see them and say, "Hey, look." Just come up with some questions. Just what are some normal questions about automation? And, you know, it, it's hard to, to be put on the spot. And so I tried to make it comfortable for them. And, and, and okay, let's just say I'm going into a, a Rexel store and I need something around, I don't know, I'd make some stuff up. And then they'd be, oh, well, no, that's this. Great. Well, what are some common questions around these things? Well, you know, how do you install it? You know, what do you do first? And, and so they started going into that. Go see, these are the questions I want. So I would get them in a room and I would have this closed community that I created just for them, just so I can get questions and answers. And I'm like, perfect. Now let's start doing this together. And, and so, you know, things start kind of moving and, and, and you know, it, it, it wasn't easy, especially with these guys that are about to retire. And, but, but they got it, you know, they started to understand it. And, and you just had to put it in their terms, I guess. Well, let's hold it now. We'll, we'll yeah. actually carry the conversation in the next, uh, in the next run. But I, again, I think what's important on mm. this one in particular was <laughs> is to hear. <laughs> you like how I always get off on No, like, it's okay. That's why I kind of think about some other things. I'm going to pull you back in. All right. Uh, no, because what, what started off was that I want people to understand the complexity that we had at the company, right? Yeah. But that was, I point. mean, we're talking about, let's, you know, when we had individuals who thought that what I did was to get likes on Google, uh, likes on Facebook, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's where we started. And uh, so even though the content strategy may be simple to others and those listening, like, well, of course, that's that's where you first go. It was not an easy thing, right? That's a good point. Because even on the support side, we actually had to change the support process so that we could actually get the content out. And by the way, the content was never stored, so we had to create that mechanism. Then we had to train them on how to do it, and then we had to train them on how to find insights in the customer. So just just that alone, which in other companies may seem like duh, yeah. was brand new, right? I don't know. I, I think maybe community managers might think duh, but I don't think that companies necessarily think that. They, they don't know. They, you know. I remember somebody asked me the other day, they go, Chris, how does one become a community manager? I go, well, if you've got a long... Um, if, if you get, it's a long story, but I could tell you how it, how it just happened, you know, and so I did, but it, it just, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's somewhat easy for us, or at least we understand it, and it's not so easy for almost any organization that I know of, unless they've done it for a long time. Yeah, and maybe that's another thing that is important about the things we like to talk about, which is, yes, I think we, we have community managers, but this is, when we talk, we're talking about when the rubber meets the road, how do you actually get some of this stuff done? Yeah. And this is some of our experiences, right? Sometimes the right answer is what we did. Right? We actually go and do it. We created the process. 
Yeah. Even though that's not in our job description, but we did it anyway. <laughs> you, you make me want to think, uh, talk about all these things that we did at Rexel. And so it's funny because, and I won't get into all of it, but I would say is community was just a, just a third of our job. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the interesting that's thing. And so. I wonder how many community managers also believe, or, or they may be fighting two things. It, I think this is just a piece of something larger. Yeah. Maybe I should go fight that battle. Or I can't get my job done until these things are solved. Yeah. How do I do it? Right. There's we facing both sides. But for this one, let's go ahead and, and close off and want to thank those. Thank you very much uh, for listening uh, to our podcast today. Uh, my name is Michael Sandoval, and I'm Chris Detzel. Thank you very much, and we'll meet you next time. All right. <laughs>